podcast disclaimer. Please seek your own medical and physician advisor. This podcast is only for entertainment purposes. Welcome back to Peace Learn Health. Can you believe that we're in April already? (laughs) Happy Easter for those who celebrate it here. And I wanted to introduce you guys to our special guest, who is Sarah Clark. She is the founder of Fab Fertile, and she was diagnosed with the loss of function in her ovaries before the age of 40. And she had many different health conditions that made her unfertile. And she's here on the podcast to tell us her story and, you know, to also give us some information about her journey and how she has helped other families and couples to work through being fertile and, you know, being able to accept their diagnosis and look into a little bit more of what they can achieve. And so she also has an amazing podcast called Get Pregnant Naturally Podcast. So I hope you guys get to learn more about her and her approaches to naturally fertile solutions. And without further ado, here is today's podcast. Today, I would like to introduce you to our special guest, Sarah Clark. Hi, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I, I, well, I've, I had my own journey with uh, infertility. I was uh, diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency at 28. And I had both my kids with donor eggs and then years later discovered food sensitivities and gut infections and chronic stress and then really help couples now that are struggling with infertility. So premature ovarian insufficiency, diminished ovarian reserve, um, low anti-malarian hormone. So basically a lot of times being told not a great candidate for IVF. Um, and we help them get pregnant naturally, or if they do go to IVF, they, they improve their chances of success with their own eggs. Nice. Can you dive a little bit deeper into um, your whole health journey and how that motivated you to do what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I started in, um, in my early 20s. I remember having... Um, irregular cycles. My cycle came a couple times a year. I had um, a weird fungal rash in my chest. I, in my teens, I had great skin. All of a sudden, in my early twenties, I started getting acne, and then I had um, some yeast infections. So, first line of defense was put on birth control, and that falsely regulated my cycle. And um, the acne went away a little bit, but it was still there. And then, um, so I had this life plan. I'm getting married at 25, and having my kids at 28. So got married at 25. And then just before 28, um, went off the pill and my periods were still irregular. So went to see my OBGYN. And that's when I was told I had premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, as it was known, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And told the only way I'd ever have children is by using donor eggs. And I remember her reaching up on the on her shelf to grab the IVF brochure and telling me, you know, off you go to IVF. And I didn't take any time to grieve. I didn't take any time to get a second opinion. And I didn't even think of all those other health issues I was going. I didn't connect to any of that. So um, got on a list for a donor egg and went right to the clinic and was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. And so she's 19. So this is back in the day when you say donor eggs, and people are like, 
I don't even know what that is. And so now you've got embryo adoption and donation, all the little embryos waiting there. I had someone come on my Get Pregnant Naturally podcast and they were talking about they had a little, they adopted um, some embryos and they have the, their little children are one in three and the natural uh, siblings to them are 14 years old. So they're waiting there on ice for them for all that time. So science can do some pretty amazing things. Um, and yeah, then I had two embryos left over. We wanted our kids close together. And so I was super stressed about, you know, having them close together and then, um, went back on another list. So then we went back into with those two embryos that, that didn't work, went on another list. And, um, and then, uh, we're lucky enough the first fresh transfer to have our son. So he's 16. And then really after I had my daughter, um, my health began to suffer. I had, um, nine colds in one year. I remember every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take um, antibiotics for every science infection completely destroyed my gut health. I um, had chronic bladder infections with peeing blood. Again, took antibiotics for all the bladder infections, became allergic to a whole bunch of them. Um, then I had chronic yeast infections, vertigo, dandruff, toenail infections, seasonal allergies. Um, you know, I'd catch every cold and flu that went, went by. I was still in corporate at the time, HR, and um, I wouldn't have said it. I wouldn't have classified myself as sick. I just, you know, I was taking all these antibiotics and um, and then uh, and then I wanted to, I decided I want to bring uh, life coaching into the corporate environment, took a coaching course. That's when I discovered my own personal wake up call was, or my own personal thing that I enjoyed was um, health and wellness. So then I took a health coaching course and that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me, I took out dairy and gluten later corn and then the, the science infections started to disappear the bladder infections started to get better the chronic yeast infections started to get better a couple of years after that i did some gut testing found out i had some gut infections so some bacteria and some um streptococcus and um fungal infections and then underneath all of that was chronic stress and i actually when i was going through infertility i wouldn't even have said i was stressed but i was disconnected from my body so um, I didn't discover any of this until I was 40. So I was fully in menopause and really um, now helping couples that, you know, have the similar diagnosis, the premature ovarian insufficiency or the diminished ovarian reserve or low anti-malarian or low AMH hormone and being told, you know, there's, that's, it's very difficult for IVF and then helping them get pregnant naturally or um, with their own eggs. And so I'm using the tools of um, the functional approach using uh, functional lab testing, and then then targeted diet and lifestyle changes. Wow, that is such a journey and a, an amazing story. Honestly, uh, it's crazy the amount of things that you listed and how you weren't aware of what was going on. Um, is there is there anything that um, can you kind of give us a rundown a little bit of how it like to work as a couple versus working with one person in in a situation as your you know as your client yeah so basically we first started off we were just uh, coaching uh women because we typically will, will be dealing with female factor infertility we, we do we do support uh, male factor as well but typically it's mostly female factor infertility and we just feel fine we were missing the other part of the equation the partner and really you know most partners so if it is female factor infertility, even if he puts his hand up and says, you know, my semen analysis is fine, there's always things we can do to optimize preconception health. And as we, because we do a blood chemistry review and basically it's to um, educate, not diagnose. And really we're looking at the blood chem 
using functional reference ranges. So they're for, they're just a tighter reference range and it's for healthy people. So it flags it earlier before it goes to disease. So always healing opportunities for, you know, the male partner to optimize his, his health. And then even if there's, and there's typically always something he can do. Um, even if, you know, there's no issues with his sperm, there's always things we can do to optimize our health to get both partners in the best shape. And then typically, you know, cause a lot of times women will come to me, they're making all the changes, they've changed the diet, you know, and they're tweaking it, trying to figure out, you know, what's working. And he's over there saying, I'll, I'm supportive. I'll, I'll do it. You, but he doesn't know what to do. And so then including him in the plan. So they both will start the elimination diet together. It's the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity. So they both do the elimination diet. They both cook together. They're, you know, they're changing, they're looking at these goals together. It just sets them up for a, a strong foundation. And a lot of times with infertility, you know, men and women will handle it differently. Typically women will, you know, do anonymous Instagram profiles. They'll join Facebook groups or forums. And um, whereas men typically, and maybe they'll, they'll tell maybe a close circle men typically just generalizing, but you know, they may not tell anyone. They're definitely like, I don't, I've met one guy yet, but we've coached that has set up an anonymous Instagram profile. So typically they're not doing that. They're not telling anyone, but that doesn't mean that they're not equally as hurting as their, as their female partner. So um, it's important, I believe to, that's why we, we coach couples exclusively. If there is a single person that wants, that's going through the journey, then like without a partner, we, we do that a well, but we just find without the partner, it's just that missing equation that you know if there's issues like why won't the partner come is there issues with your relationship because basically you guys should both be on the same page and if the partner doesn't feel it like it just is not going to work mm. i love how, how you express that and i think that's actually very important to have a you know connection together that that's idle um so can you actually tell us a rundown of a typical day um, working um, for what you do. Yeah. So, um, so basically, honestly, so I'm the fertility, I'm the founder of the company. So I have, I do fertility coaching with clients. And then we also have as part of my team, uh, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. So they're the ones that are going to uh, run the testing. So as a couple comes in, we, um, we have four functional tests that we have them as part of the program as so we have access to these tests. So we're looking at food sensitivity testing, and that's going to, um, uh, and it's using blood to really pinpoint exactly what, what someone's intolerant to. Um, and then we have, so we do the elimination diet and we have them do the, the, the food sensitivity testing so we can then tweak it further. Um, we do hormone testing using urine, like the Dutch test. And that just really looks at your hormones, seeing which pathways are going down, helps us develop um, a protocol. So looking at your sex hormones, your cortisol. Um, and then we do a, a stool test that looks at the DNA of your stool. So again, those parasites or fungal infections or bacteria. And then we look at hair tissue mineral analysis test, and that looks to see at your mineral status. And we see a lot of people that are well-fed, but malnourished. You eat this beautiful diet, but are you absorbing the nutrients? So those are the four tests. And then we help couples. Uh, we, we do the blood chemistry review, not to diagnose, but to educate. And then we, um, and then we would, um, oh, and then we do that. There's a health history form that they fill out as well. So all of this tells a story and then, then the coach will help. So I have a team of coaches, coaches, and then there's a, um, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. So the coach will help them implement the, the protocol developed by the, uh, functional nutrition practitioner. So whatever it may be, the diet and lifestyle changes and some supplements to really target whatever has been found on the test. And then the fertility coach 
so that mind, body, spirit to help looking at triggers, looking at mindset, and then looking like with the health coaching side of things, helping people implement these, these changes. So it's really that, um, yeah, that full body approach to this and really like no stone left unturned using the testing to start, but that's just the beginning. Like it's, it's making those changes that people start to see shifts. So it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, really, we just had an announcement the other, other day that someone's pregnant. So it's kind of, a, it's fun. It's like, it, it can be tough obviously, cause you're in there with, um, some really heavy emotions. People have been typically trying for at least two years or they've had at least one IVF for the people we, we work with. And so there's a lot of heavy emotions with that. A lot of, I t- typically coach like a type A busy professional, very ambitious. Like we work people within the healthcare field and then busy professionals. And, um, and so it's, it's, it can be frustrating when you've typically done everything that you feel that, you, you know, you can do and then it's not working. So the functional approach um, it kind of brings in that science minded person. So, because it's got the testing and then, then you still need to go make the changes. I love how you express how everything is into one and the mind, body and the soul and everything to kind of connect to what you do. I love that. And can you actually tell us like, if you are willing to share like a nice successful pregnancy story for our listeners? Yeah, so um, one of thinking about, like she came in and she actually said I'd make a great case study and she did. Um, so she had a couple failed IVFs, failed IUI. Um, she tried for, I think it's like two or three years she was trying. She was a, she was a type A, busy professional, very science-minded. Um, she had vigorous exercise. She'd been on birth control for, I think it was 14 or 15 years. And, um, her AMH was very, very low. Like she was told it was basically donor eggs. And this was kind of like that last, that last ditch effort. Anyways, she did the testing and discovered she had multiple food sensitivities. Um, so we see a theme of non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So, um, and she actually came up that she was, um, that actually was celiac, but most of the time we see it's non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So she had celiac. Um, and then also, um, then she had multiple parasites, like a lot of parasites, um, in, with her, in her gut. Um, and then the cross reactors to gluten, a lot of times people will celiac and they'll just take out gluten, but there's cross reactors such as corn and oats and chocolate and, um, sometimes coffee and, um, and dairy. And then so digging into that piece, so this taking a very target approach, um, so both her and her partner did the elimination diet. And then um, address the gut infections. Really, for her, she was like type A. The meditation piece was difficult for her, but she, you know, did some yoga. Was able to start to slow down, stop doing that vigorous. You know, she was just an athlete, so really had her slow down. And then within four months, she was pregnant naturally. So that's a that was a pretty good success story. So typically, it you know, it can they're they're more complex cases. So um, so that was a that was a fast one. Nice. I love it. Can you um, also, for those who don't know much about infertility and all that stuff, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that and how you help clients basically find a solution? Yeah. So uh, infertility, that's basically, you know, one in, one in eight in the, in the States, one in six in Canada, one in five in the UK are struggling with it. So um, it used to be like 60% female factor infertility and now it's 
um, and 40% male. Now it's more 50, 50. So it, yeah, like the, the, the stats are changing and really, um, it's, you know, our standard Western diet and lifestyle is our, to me, you know, looking at the, the amount of people that are, that are, you know, doing IVF and, um, pumping their bodies full of, full of drugs, right. When, um, I mean, most people for them, IVF is, is never anyone's first choice, but I think it's, to me, it's prescribed, you know, way too, way too early. And so, um, digging into some of these healing opportunities that are typically that conventional medicine misses. So, um, yeah, so we used to say we work with more complex cases and, um, help people, you know, get set the couple up for success and, uh, you know, infertility will impact all aspects of your life from your relationship to your finances, to your joy. You you may, you know, place your joy on hold as everyone around you, you know, has children. You may feel triggered by people feeling triggered by seeing a family. If they have secondary infertility, it's, you know, even to see a little family out there can just be heart wrenching to, um, and sometimes, you know, it's not to level the to people and thinking, oh, if they're dealing with primary infertility, someone at secondary infertility, they should be grateful. But if you, if you envision another person in your family, that's equally as painful. So it's not like to see different levels of pain. It's all all pain. And then so and also the like the triggers being able to, um, you know, there's a lot of things seen on Instagram or Facebook with people posting baby announcements and uh, gender reveals and things like that, which are, can be very painful. So to be able to educate people around you as to how you want them to handle these announcements. And um, sometimes we haven't even thought about how we want them to do it. And, um, you know, most times we don't want to be left out, but then we don't want to see the announcement on Instagram because it could just, you know, set us back. So it is being able to educate that, like a, even the small group around you, it's not like broadcasting it to everyone, but um, because, you know, the, the conversation starter is, oh, do you have kids? And that can send someone else, someone, someone that's trying for children. That 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 innocuous question can just have someone, you know, feeling triggered and and reeling for, you know, for hours or or days or or weeks. So um, it's just kind of, you know, if that is for someone dealing with it, if they are feeling triggered by that, then to be able to work on some self care and to realize that you know someone's just just like asking someone asking how's the weather. Um, but then the, you know, us to sort of, you know, elevate the conversation ar- around that. So, because people, you know, i I even found myself doing it and I've dealt with infertility. So it's, um, just to kind of realize some of the things that we're saying, it can be hurtful to people. And then the person receiving it to see, you know, if it's sending you on a downward spiral, that is to kind of pull back a little bit and see, okay, we're, you know, you're carrying a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, there's jealousy and envy and, um, frustration. So all those emotions of so giving voice to them because we keep stuffing them down. So being able to let it out. Yeah. So what would be like your top three advice when women are actually frustrated and can't seem to get Yeah. Pregnant? So, um, well, depending on where, the, where they are. Right. So I would say for both, both partners who do the elimination diet, they can go to my podcast, get pregnant naturally. And then um, I walk you through how to how and why to do the elimination diet for fertility. So to do that, it's the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity. That's where I'd start. Um, you want to work on your sleep. So getting honest about your sleep. If there's, you know, sleep is the cornerstone of health. So if you have, you know, interrupted sleep or um, insomnia, or they, or you wake up from two to four, you know, is that your liver that's congested? 
why, you know, why is your sleep off? So really optimizing your sleep, um, using, you know, blue light blockers to block the blue light from your, um, your tablet, your phone, your, your laptop, um, cause that impacts your melatonin production. I should have mine on right now cause we're recording later, but, um, but it's kind of like putting on those, the, the blue light blocking glasses makes everything kind of look like a little campfire. So then it helps to, you know, just to, with your circadian rhythm, if, you know, sometimes you're up till 12 or one watching TV or, or working. And then, you know, your body thinks it's, you're, you know, it's the middle of the day. So the best sleep, most restorative sleep for you to get is between uh, 10 to 12 PM. So making sure you're, your body is in bed before then, if possible, aiming for like nine to seven to nine hours, nine being the best for sleep and like working on that sleep hygiene. Like how do you, you know, getting a little routine before you go to bed and have some essential oils. Um, a little castor oil pack can help with that. You can actually add the essential oils to the castor oil pack um, too. So those kind of self-care things, which we think is, it's not like Manny and Petty's, it's saying no, putting yourself first and, um, you know, where the self-care buzz, but um that sleep is would be key and then also um drinking water making sure you have like filtered water um you want to make sure, at a minimum a britty a brita but that doesn't that still doesn't filter out all the contaminants you you want like a berkey if possible but a brita can, can work um because the tap water has like over 300 contaminants so um doing like having filtered water, you want to have 50 to 75% of your body weight in ounces in water. So typically that's a lot more than what a lot of us are drinking. A lot of us are dehydrated and this making sure you have the right amount of water. It's key for, for your cervical mucus, for your, the sperm to get to the egg. So yeah, to me, you do the elimination diet, work on your sleep and then keep hydrated. Thank you so much for sharing those. And can you actually tell us, um, about the podcast and how it came about and tell us a little bit about like one of your episodes and what people can expect. Yeah. So when they listen get to it. naturally podcast, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify and all the major um, platforms. It's been around for three years. So I think about 190 episodes and um, yes, we take basically interview uh, functional medicine practitioners and people in the natural fertility space and, and myself and my team are on there really, I literally take apart every little topic of, of health and then how and relate it back to fertility. So we just did an episode on constipation. We see a lot of people with, you know, issues with their, with their poops. So constipation is, you're not, your those toxins are circulating around your body you can impact your, your, your hormones. So are you, why aren't you able to, you know, um, releases or there could be stress, thyroid issues and other like dehydration, um, that, that we talk about in the podcast. So, we just released that one. And then we also um, will go into, because it's a mind, body, spirit. So we have episodes on how to deal with uh, triggers and fertility. I just recorded one uh, one today with essential oils and how you get your body in that parasympathetic, like rest and digest state and um, some specific oil blends that can really um, help tone the vagus nerve and get, get you in that parasympathetic state fairly quickly. And and not about diffusing, but actually putting the essential oils, making sure they're organic and put them on your, on your body. And there's certain ones to help with the circadian rhythm, ones to get you in that parasympathetic state. Because sometimes, you know, if you're in the middle of a struggle and you can feel anxious all the time, this just, you know, dampens and and um, reduces anxiety. So those essential oils can be can be um, powerful to help, to help do that. Um, oh, that's part of your toolkit. I wouldn't 
start necessarily with essential oils. We, we, we would look at diet and lifestyle and then the, the essential oils are a nice add on to help you get in that parasympathetic state. But yeah, it's, um, it's been, it's been fun doing the podcast and, uh, um, yeah, it's been about three years. So it's great. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you tell us, um, a number one thing that you notice, um, in your practice that causes fertility issues, um, that can basically lead a person not knowing that that's one of the causes that the reason why. Yeah, they it would be food sensitivities. And I'd say a theme that we see with couples in our couples coaching program for the women and even for the men, men as well is uh, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So even if you go test, um, you test, there's, there's a lot of false, false uh, negatives. So uh, the current celiac test is only testing for four proteins and gluten. There's over 60. So um, people are like, Oh, I have my celiac test and I'm fine, but it may not be celiac or even it may, it may be celiac and it may, it may be missed, but it could still be non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And we do the food sensitivity tests and we see gluten like literally off the chart and people are still like, Oh, I'm having a little bit of gluten now and then I cheat a little bit. But if you're for a food sensitivity, you know, and as you start to heal your gut and you may, you may do a food sensitivity test and be intolerant to all your favorite foods. That happens quite a lot. Um, happened to me. And, but then you can start to heal your gut. And as you heal that, you can eventually reintroduce most of the foods, unless you're like super high on some of them. So the top one of the, like two of the top allergens are dairy and gluten. So um, but yeah, we definitely see a theme of that. And then there's cross reactors with gluten, like I was talking about, and um, the body can then identify that food as gluten. So top one, top cross reactor is dairy. So the body sees the casein as, uh, as gluten and then and it mounts an immune response. So um, digging into, into food, into diet to figure out the diet that's right for you. Uh, a lot of people are doing keto or paleo or plant-based, but really is that right for you? You know, are you, is your blood sugar being balanced? What's happening? You know, how is that creating a cascade in your, of, you know, to your hormones and your body? So really digging into, um, digging into diet is, is the thing I think a lot of people waste time on and make mistakes with. Yeah, especially if they're not aware about, you know, what they're really, you know, allergic to, like you mentioned, that's really amazing. Like, I personally didn't know that there was like, another test for that. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. Thank you. Um, Can you also tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can learn more about you? Yeah, the best place is to go to the to the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. But I also do there's a fertility diet freebie they can go to fertility diet freebie you need to put the triple w in at the beginning but fertility diet freebie.com and that's got chef prepared recipes so you can start dipping your toe into the fertility diet and really taking out those top allergens and uh, making food with your partner so they can check that out great and can you tell us what you think peace learn health means to you um it's like to me it's um yeah you want to have that like inner that inner piece of um, like digging into that spiritual piece. Cause you can do all the, all the testing and like work on that side of things. But if you're feeling like anxious and out of time and like putting labels on yourself, like feeling broken, it's important to um, like get quiet and to dig into like to your intuition that, you know, you know, your body best, your, um, yeah, you're it's to, to trust yourself, right? And a lot of times, you know, we don't trust others because we don't trust ourselves. 
So just listening to your, to your, your own intuition and um, yeah, like learning about continuing to learn what your body's trying to say to you was a lot. And health is um, well, health is the only thing like really um, without health. And right now, if you're dealing with infertility, your body's desperately trying to tell you something. And so to me, instead of pumping it full of drugs and going to IUI or IVF, um, let's sort of look at those missed healing opportunities and, you know, how do we get ourselves instead of spending a lot of the times we'll spend, you know, 12 to 18 months preparing for our wedding. We want to get pregnant on day one. How do we switch that around and really, um, you know, spend, you don't need to spend 12 to 18 months, but we should spend more than one month, you know, getting ready for our baby. Let's set ourselves up for a great, um, foundation with, with, uh, you know, you and your partner to, to work on your health together. Great, Sarah. And can you also, anything that you want to leave off for the listeners, um, any advice or anything that you want to say? Yeah, I just think it is really to like, to trust your body. You know your body best. A lot of the times in the fertility space, you'll go off to your RE or your, your, your OBGYN and you will, you'll forget about, you know, or you'll forget about what, you know, what you know about your body, but then you, you won't include a, a fertility coach or a nutrition practitioner or your acupuncture or your, your, your chiropractor, not all at once, but it's, it's like assembling a team around you. A lot of times we go straight to the person in the white coat and um, you know, they re- own, they receive training and in, in their special specialty. So that every, every person has their, has their part of it. Um, but you're, you're the conductor of it all. And, and we, you know, to listen to you first. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was fun.